looking there this morning. The Bible says, and he, speaking of Jesus, said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain had filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was a great way off, his father saw him, and had compassion, and ran, and fell on his neck, and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatty calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry." Here in Luke chapter 15, we find at the beginning part of this chapter that Jesus is responding to the criticism from the Pharisees. And the way that he, the accusation they threw against him was this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. I heard a fellow say the other night that he preached out of this text on Jesus keeps bad company. And aren't you glad that he does? Because he spends time, he seeks, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. I'm glad he keeps bad company because that's how I met him. Amen. I'm grateful for that. And they criticized Jesus, but their criticism of him was his greatest characteristic. The fact that he received sinners. And this, this morning he responds by giving a parable with three points to it. These are not three separate parables, but if you read the wording, he spake this parable unto them, saying, and he gives the story of the lost sheep, the lost silver, and the lost sons. We know the contextual outline of this. you got the lost sheep in verse 3 through 7, and there we see a great picture of the ministry of God the Son. We know that sheep pictures the sinner. We know that the shepherd pictures the Savior. We know the sheep goes straying away from the shepherd. And the shepherd was counting one night and he had a hundred sheep and he got to ninety-nine and he was missing one. Instead of, you know, one out of a hundred ain't bad, missing one, ninety-nine out of a hundred is not bad. But he still went seeking that one. And he sought that sheep until he found it. It pictures what Jesus Christ did. For Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. We know in verses 8, 9, and 10, we know the story of the lost silver. And that story gives us a picture of the ministry of God the Holy Spirit. We know that there was a loss in this text. 
We know that this lady had lost this coin. So what she do? She lit a light. And the Bible said that she swept the house till she found it. Let me say this and remind you this morning. That is what the Spirit of God does. He will shine the light of the Word of God in our lives and reprove and rebuke us of those things that are not right in our lives so we can might restore what we have lost. But the parable of the lost son or the point of the lost son this morning gives us a picture of the ministry of God the Father. We know this story. We could talk about the son's rebellion in verse number 12, how he wanted his inheritance. We could talk about his route to the far country. We could talk about his riotous living. We could talk about how his ruin, how when he had spent all and there arose a mighty famine in that land, he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. He went and sold himself into servitude so he wouldn't starve to death. Remember, we can talk about his remembrance. The Bible said he came to himself. We know what brought that boy home. It was the goodness of his father. Is that not what Paul said? The goodness of God leadeth a man to repentance. He began to remember how his father had abundant bread. How the servants had bread enough and to spare. He said the servants are living better than what I am. We could talk about how his remedy, how he decided to get up and go home. His request, he wanted to be just a servant. He returned his repentance. He was received the restoration. We could preach about all those things. But I told you, I want to look at this text in a different light. And I'll be honest with you, I asked the Lord to give me a message like this for a reason. I preach a lot on the home. And I preach a lot on raising kids. And I'm going to continue to do that because, number one, I'm raising kids with you. You parents that are my age, and, and me and Grace, we're some of the younger parents, but we've got the most kids, and we're like, we're done, and y'all are just now catching up. Welcome to the party. Uh, y'all can keep having them. Praise God, we're finished, all right? But we're raising kids together, all right? And I'm going to keep on preaching messages like that. In fact, I told Brother Rich I'm reading a book right now that I'm probably going to end up buying for each family in this church that's on the home and raising a godly family. But there's never a time that I preach a message like that that I don't have some of you on my heart that your children are already grown and your children are out of the house. And I feel like you're sitting there and you're enduring some things. And I know I appreciate your comments, but you're enduring things and you're sitting there listening to the message and you agree what I'm saying, but you can't put much of it into practice because your kids are grown. They're already gone. They've left home. They're out of your, they're out of your parental authority, if you would. And so I asked the Lord to give me a message. I'm, I'm going to be straight up and honest with you this morning. What I'm going to preach on this morning, I have not lived. And I pray to God, and one day I, I will live this to a certain extent. So what I'm preaching this morning, I'm going to have to print off the outline, make a CD and put it up for about in about 15 years and come back and listen to it again. But I want to preach on this thought, what to do when your child leaves home. Now, they're all going to leave home eventually. You don't want your kids to live with you for the rest of your life. Somebody, you want them to grow up and get married and get a job and go on, you know. <laughs> and have grandbabies. Is that right, Brother Tony? That's right. Get married and have grandbabies. We understand that. And so we're all going to experience that as, as parents one day. But the context of this story is this daddy had a child leave home and it wasn't to get married and have kids and live for God. This parent had a child grow up and leave home 
and leave everything you was raised behind. And many of you parents sitting here today, and us younger parents, we need to, there, there's going to be help for us in this today. And this is a message that we need to probably, I'll probably preach again throughout the years to remind us. But what do you do when your child leaves home? I'm going to have to just preach the Bible this morning because I don't know. I'm going to have to look at this prodigal's father and notice some things he did. What do you do when you raise your children in church? You raise them to live for God. You raise them with a godly example only for them to come to an age and turn from everything you taught them. That doesn't always necessarily mean that they go out and get a Budweiser and, 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 and smoke and, and do drugs and all that. In some cases, they, they might even go to a church where they don't preach the King James Bible. They might go to a church so they don't preach the truth and live right. What do you do when that happens? What do you do when you raise your kids and you pour your life into your kids? You raise them in Sunday school. You keep them around the right truth. You keep them around good preaching. You keep them under good doctrine. Only for them to get up one day in their adult years and they say, I don't want to be a part of that old-fashioned church anymore. And that King James preaching and all those standards, all those rules, all that stuff, I don't want anything to do with that. I want something more modern. What are we going to do, parents, when that happens? more likely those are the two options they're either going to get out of church there are three options basically our children are either going to get out of church they're going to stay in church or they're going to get in the wrong kind of church that's the only three options what are you going to do what am I going to do once again I want to emphasize I, I have not lived this and I want to emphasize that over and over again but I want to look at this prodigal's father and notice some things that he did when he had a child leave home and ask God to help our hearts. First of all, here's the first thing that he did. He retained spiritual principles. He retained spiritual principles. In other words, he kept believing like he always believed. Notice some things this morning about this father. He did not chase him to the far country. In this story, we find this boy deciding that he wants to go to the far country. But you know what we do not find in this story? We do not find the father going to the far country with him. What I have seen, and I'm, 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 I've been pastoring 10 years, so i got a little bit of experience in this. Not as much as some men, but a little bit. I've seen parents have kids start going the wrong direction, whether it's going in a worldly direction or going in a wrong church direction, whatever one you want to do. And they think in order to keep their love and affection, in order for their kids to still love them, that they have to go with them to the far country. Kids want to get out of church. And so mom and dad starts laying out of church to go see them on Sunday nights. Or to go, or, or, or to go on things on Sunday morning with them and take them out of church. And they think if they'll just go with them out on Sundays, that maybe they'll still love us. Let me say this, if your children's love is based on what you do for them, they've got a wrong opinion of what love is. Y'all to love, love is not because of what you do. Love is a choice because of who you are. I don't love my mom and dad today because of what they do for me or what they've done for me. I love them because they are my mother and my father and they birthed me in this world. They gave me life. And, and, and besides, if they ever gave me anything else, I'm commanded to honor them. But sadly, a lot of parents think the only way they can keep the affection and the love of their children is to go with them to the far country. Well, I know that church ain't right. And I know where they going ain't right. But at least it's church. That's not always a good thing. A mosque is a church. 
A ca- a, 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 what they call a cathedral, a Catholic cathedral, that's still a church. But that doesn't mean they're preaching the truth. And I tell you, I, I understand Christmas plays. I understand uh, things like that with the grandbabies. I get that. I know that's thin ice. I know I've not lived there yet. But I'm telling you, you're not going to keep your children's affection by going to the far country with them. I'm going to tell you why that boy knew he could come home. Because he knew Daddy was still standing where he was standing the day he walked from the house. Hey, man, he knew that Daddy hadn't changed his mind. He knew that Daddy was a man of character. He knew that Daddy was a man of integrity. He knew that, yes, even though I've made mistakes and I've gone the wrong direction, Daddy still, can I break it down, Daddy still believes that the King James Bible is the Word of God. Mama still believes in going to church. Daddy still believes in praying. And they're not going to chase me down here. He didn't chase him to the far country. Number two, he didn't conform to the far country. Here's that boy getting ready to leave, and his daddy knows he's going to the far country. Daddy didn't say, well, hang on. Let's just make the home like the far country so you can just stay here and have the best of both worlds. I mean, if they got the wrong kind of music down there, I feel like preaching today. If they got the wrong kind of music down there in the far country, uh, then we'll just bring that music in our home. And I know you're I know you're older now, and so if you don't want to dress like we tell you, let's just bring the world's clothes in here because we don't want you to go that direction. You know, there are even Parents uh, that on prom night they'll rent a hotel rooms uh, for their children to go and commit fornication and ram around us. You know what they're doing? They're trying to bring the far country into the house to conform. They say, but he didn't do that. He didn't conform to it. He didn't chase him to the far country. He didn't conform to the far country. You know why a lot of children will never go to the far country? Because their home's the far country. There's no consistency in the home. There's no spirituality in the home. Uh, there's no Bible reading in the home. Uh, there's no prayer in the home. Uh, there's no godly music in the home. It's just fighting and fussing and cussing and, and, and going on. What kind of a testimony is that, Mom and Dad? Hey, you listen to me this morning. Me and my wife do not have a perfect marriage because my wife does not have a perfect husband. Say amen, man, and you hush. You ain't got no room to talk. You ain't going steady with nobody, all right? Uh, you, you ain't got no phone numbers, all right? What I'm telling you this morning is there are no perfect marriages. And me and my wife sometimes have disagreements. Well, me and my wife never do. You are a liar. You are a liar. Can't no man be married to a woman and not have an argument. That's right, fellas. Thank you for waking up and joining the service. We're glad you're here. You know, there's no perfect marriages. I'm going to tell you, that's a problem when every every day you and your spouse are having a knock-down, drag-out fist fight. One of you ain't right with God. We got quiet right there. Most of the time, when husbands and wives have knock-down, drag-outs every day, neither one of them's right with God. They're not walking the Spirit, not living for the Lord. And you know who sees that? The kids do. And I just don't mean the little ones. I'm talking about the big ones. And you're trying to tell them you love God and you're trying to tell them that they're serving the Lord, but they don't see no reality of the Christian life in your life. So preacher, I ain't perfect. I didn't say you had to be perfect. You need to be real. But you need to walk in the Spirit and do right. Amen. Y'all with me this morning? He didn't chase him to the far country. He didn't conform to the far country. I've kind of already hit on this. He didn't change to keep him from going to the far country. 
He didn't change the rules and the convictions to keep him in the home. Number four, he didn't compensate the far country. He didn't financially support that boy. Yeah, I know he gave him his inheritance. But he didn't keep sending money down there to the far country to support him. He didn't, he didn't keep sending money down there because if he had kept sending money down there to the far country, that boy would have never came home. He would have known when he got in a tight spot, Daddy's going to send me some more money. Amen. I was reading a book last night talking about this subject. And the author of that book said, when your kids get in a mess and they're not living for God, feed them. Put a roof over the head. But be careful about giving them money. Especially if they got a habit and an addiction. I ain't telling you what I said. I'm telling you what the man that I read the book, been pastoring 40 years, said. I think he's right. He said, feed them, make sure their belly's full, make sure they got a roof over their head, and make sure they've got the necessary things of life. But don't find, don't buy their liquor. Don't buy their cigarettes. Don't buy their drugs. Amen. Don't, don't promote their immorality. Amen. Says Zachariah, he didn't compensate the far country. Don't finance it. Make them get a job and pay for their sin. I know, I know mine are little. I'm going to pull this CD out in 10 years, Brother Tony. I hope I never have to pull it out, Brother Tony. I hope I never do. But it's still right. Let me say this and give you a little hope this morning. He didn't chase him to the far country. He didn't conform to the far country. He didn't change to keep him from going to the far country. He didn't compensate the far country. Listen to me, Mom and Daddy. But he was not the cause of him going to the far country. A lot of parents say it's my fault. Now, let me say this. If you didn't live a consistent life in front of your kids, if you was in and out of church, on and off, never showed any consistent, you didn't live spiritual, and your kids went to the world, then it probably is your fault. Now, I know most people won't say that, but that's just the truth. You can't. A lot of parents want to have this mentality, do as I say, not as I do. It don't work that way. You can't live one way in front of your kids and then tell them they ought to do this. That, that whole do what I, do what I said because I said so, that runs out about age 12. Help me now. Ain't that, ain't, don't we say dumb things as parents? <laughs> I'm going to give you something to cry about. We want the kid to hush. So we're going to make him cry more. Ain't that brilliant? I've said it too. We say this dumb things as a parent. <laughs> We're driving down the road. Don't make me come back here. Jingers like, come on. Going 65 down the interstate. Bring it on. <laughs> no, we say dumb things. But you can't, you can't uh, teach them one way and live another way. Over here in Deuteronomy, we're going to get to a little bit more. Not necessarily, not necessarily today, but in Deuteronomy, when he's talking to them parents about teaching their children, he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. He deals with mom and daddy before he ever gets to those young'uns. You know why we're not, we don't have many godly kids? We don't have many godly parents. But I will say this. Majority of the time, the parents that blame themselves for their kids going to the far country, I said majority, are the parents who took their kids to Sunday school, took them to church, kept them in Sunday school, kept them in revival meetings, paid for their education, whether it's Christian education, homeschooling, uh, made sure they had everything they need, bought them Bibles, took them to preaching, done everything they could only for their kid to walk away. And they'll say, well, it was all the standards, it was all the rules, it was all that. No, at the end of the day, your kid don't love Jesus. Ain't that a two by four to the face? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. 
Is that not what he said, Brother Tony? Indicating, Brother Faggart, that if you don't love the Lord, you're not going to keep his commandments. And it's interesting that the, the progression of that, if you love me, if your love's right, that law will be right. You know why people are not in church today? They don't love Jesus. Now, Jesus loves them. Ain't you glad there ain't no doubt about that? But the reason, the re, listen to your preacher this morning. I'm not being mean. I asked God to give me a message to try to help you. The reason your kids are not in church today is not because of you. Your adult kids what I'm talking about. The reason they're not in church is not because of you. It's because they don't love Jesus like they should. Preacher, I don't like the sound of that. Well, anytime I sin, it's because I don't love him like I should. When we sin, we really don't have sin problems with the dominant. We have love problems. If we love the Lord right, we wouldn't want to do anything to displease Him. Help me. Does that not make sense? He was not the cause. That boy could not point a finger in his daddy's face and said, You're the reason I went to the far country. He couldn't do that. Daddy retained his spiritual principles. I'm looking at my time and it ain't looking good and I'm looking at my notes and it ain't adding up here. I'm just going to preach. I'm going I'm to preach it out, all right? What do you do when your kid goes to the far country? You retain your spiritual principles. You keep doing right. Number two, not only do you retain spiritual principles, he remained in the same place. He didn't move. He didn't budge. Where is that? Watch it. You know why he didn't move? You know, it has been my observation that when a, that many times when a parent has a child go to the world or even goes to, to another church world, if you would, uh, they go along with them on that, but the father didn't do that. You know why? First of all, there was nothing wrong with the home. May I remind you this morning, there is nothing wrong with the godly order of the home that God set up. A man and a woman, amen, and children make a home, amen. It's not two men, and it's not two women, and it's not two men that used to be two women. Somebody help me. A home is a daddy and a mama, amen. That's exactly right. If you don't have children, if it's just you and the wife at home, that's a family. That's God's order. That was the first family was Adam and Eve in the garden. Daddy's like, why would I leave home? There ain't nothing wrong with the home. Was his home perfect? No. There are no perfect homes. Because there are no perfect people. But that home was a whole lot better than the far country. There was nothing worldly at this home. I emphasize it again. Listen to me, parents. Let me hit this with the young ones. Boy, we better be careful what we allow in our home. I tell you, hell is after our kids. The world is after our kids. It used to be that you had to tell them not to watch certain channels. Now you got to be careful with YouTube. you got to be careful with Disney+. Plus. you got to be careful with Netflix and Prime and Hulu and, and Voodoo and whatever else they got out there. Voodoo, that just sounds crazy to me. I don't think I'd want to watch that one. Uh, but I'm just saying all that stuff, you got to be careful with that. They're pushing the transgender movement in our children. Uh, they're, they're cussing in these things. I'm talking about children's shows. Uh, the other day, and I better leave that alone, but I'm just telling you, this morning, oh, we better be. Ca- oh, I'm gonna go ahead and hit it. The actually was watching something the other day, and a commercial going on Sesame Street, and they were trying to push for the kids to get the COVID vaccine on Sesame Street. Which I hated Sesame Street anyway. I did like the count guy, he was funny. One, what number of the day is it? You know, <laughs> it was. I hated when it was like 38, it took forever to get to it. You know, <laughs> somebody come on, y'all know what I'm talking about when he's on the Oregon counting. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying this morning is they're pushing that stuff down our throat. They're pushing it in our home, pumping it in our homes, pumping it in our families. 
years ago, they said, get rid of the TV, it'll help you. Well, those same guys preach against TVs that got YouTube on their phones. What's the difference? Adam and Eve didn't have YouTube, Facebook, Netflix, Twitter, none of that stuff in the Garden of Eden. They had another son kill their other son. It's just the choices that people make. And we've got to guard that. I'm going to tell you why else that day didn't leave home. Because there's nothing worldly at the home. There's nothing wrong with his home. But his son knew where home was. Can you imagine if Daddy had got so discouraged because his son went to the far country? He said, I'm just going to sell the farm and just quit and go and do something else. Can you imagine that day when that prodigal was sitting in that hog pit and he begins to think about his daddy and he makes his decision, I'm going home. And he starts down that road back towards the house and he steps on the property only to find daddy's gone. You quit church, you let your young one come in here and get right with God, and they walk in here on Sunday morning. Where's daddy at? Where's mom at? Hello? He retained spiritual principles. He remained in the same place. He revealed sincere passion. Anyone who reads Luke 15 and comes to the conclusion that the father did not love his son has not read this passage correctly. The father loved the son even though he went to the far country. Think about this. He did not decrease his love. Here's what I mean. No matter where that boy went, he loved him just the same when he stepped off that door step to the far country as he did the day he held him for the first time. He did not denounce his love. He never said, I don't love you anymore. He didn't deny his love. Verse 23 and 24, he tells all those around him, this is my son. This is what I have a hard time with. I'm going to tell you what aggravates the hound out of me. is seeing young people who are adults now, who were raised right. Are you hearing me? I'm going to talk about my generation now. I don't let my generation have it, all right? They're raised right. They were raised, they were raised in church, raised in Sunday school, raised around, raised around the godly things on them to turn around and spit in their mom and daddy's faces. Go another direction. Live their life toward the world. Live their life for the devil. Go to some church where they don't preach the Bible. Embrace the new age religion, all that. And me? Let them starve. Y'all pray for me. Treat me like that. You gonna treat your parents like that? You ought to starve. I make soup kitchens every day. Go help yourself. Now don't look at me like that. But that's not my kid. I can say that because it ain't mine. But you know what God's taught me? And God is teaching me as a pastor? Because I'll be honest with you, some of you parents have got kids going the wrong direction. You're, you're hurt, and I'm mad as all get out. I'm like, let's go find them and whoop them. No, 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 don't look at me like that. Some people just mean a good whooping. I'm talking about adults. I mean, they just, they just need to hound beat out of them one good time and say, quit, quit being goofy. Be an adult. Grow up. You're not 18 no more. But you know what? You love your prodigal. That's out there living like the devil, spitting in your face, going against everything you ever taught. You love them. 
as much as I love this little boy right here. And I got a hard time with that. Because it ain't mine. Don't y'all look at me down your pharisaical nose like, see it? No. Because um, I had a preacher friend of mine. I won't call his name. We're on live. But he, they, just like us, they got two boys and a girl in that order. And they have, they have a boy that's away from God. And Grace put a picture of a vaccine sightler one day on Facebook. And he texted me and said, I remember when, when my boys were that age and my wife dressed them alike and all that. And I see what his son's done and I'm, the way he's treated him. But he says, when I look at your boys, I see my boys when they were that little. See, you see that. You parents that's got kids out there in the world not living for the Lord, you see, you see my youngins. You see these youngins running around here. And you see your daughter. You see your daughter in Lydia and Judah and Harper and Olive. You see your little boy and Uriah and Dak, Sattler and Grayson. You see them. All of us, we just see how they're treating you. But you see that baby that that doctor handed you in the hospital. And you love them as much as we love these little ones. So how do you handle that? You just keep standing where you've always stood. You keep loving them. You stay in the same place. Don't change. Because if you change, you know what they're going to say? Yeah, there wasn't nothing to mom and dad to start with. You sit down. There wasn't no consistency to mom and dad to start with. There wasn't no reality. That was just something they'd done. See, I told you, that whole church thing was fake. After 40, 50 years, them being raised in it, and them being out of it, and they're living out, and they still look on your Facebook, and they see you serving God, and they know that they don't even need to try to call, them, call mom or daddy at 11.30 on Sunday morning because they ain't answering the phone. Don't call them on Sunday night, and we ain't going to make no plans to go out on Wednesday night because mom and daddy ain't going because they're going to be at church. They see that consistency. They may not agree with you, but they'll respect you. I'm going to tell you, when you change and compromise and go another direction, it hurts your credibility with your children. Here's the fourth thing he did. He readied special preparations. Every day he made preparations hoping this would be the day. Hoping this. I've got a whole outline, but I ain't going to give it to you. Hoping this would be the day that his boy would come home. He looked for him. His perception. Bible said when he saw him, he pursued him. He got to him. In that Jewish custom, that boy was to be stoned according to Deuteronomy. But daddy got to him before he could be stoned. He, he pardoned him. He provided for him. But the best thing he ever done for that son was when he made this statement. For this, my son. That's what jumped out to me. That boy ain't been living like a son. He's been living like a devil. But daddy said, he's still mine. Forgive me for being hard on your adult children that are treating you wrong. I just see the aggravation. I, I want to take care of it. But I know that's your son. And I know that's your daughter. And I know you love them like I love my sons and I love my daughter. But then the Lord reminded me that in this text, this story pictures the ministry of God the Father and how we go astray. 
And when we go astray, you know what he does? He retains the same principles. He don't chase us. He don't conform. He don't change. He don't compensate. And he ain't the cause we went away from him. It's our fault. He remains in the same place so we know we can come back. He he. He reveals His sincere passion. He loves us. For whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth. And He's always got ready special preparations. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I've told this morning, I've had to preach by faith. I've had to preach something this morning that I don't know anything about. And I hope I never do. For a long time, Brother Richard, the scariest verse in the Bible was to me was Luke 15:11. A certain man had two sons. You know, God had two sons and one went astray. Adam and Jesus. Luke 4 calls Adam the son of God. Isaac had two sons. Jacob and Esau. Abraham had two sons. Isaac. Ishmael. Scared me. Still does. And I can't help what they do when they leave. But I can't help what they do while they're here. And if they ever do leave, I want to stay consistent as a parent. And I want to encourage you parents today that's got a child that's in the far country. Whether it's a worldly far country or a religious far country. You know why? You know why a lot of kids are staying in the far country? Because there's a church in the far country now. And they can stay there and be comfortable in their sin. Parents, I want to encourage you. It ain't your fault. If you tried to... Now listen to me. If you didn't live a life before I'm honoring God, then you might bear some of that blame. People make choices at the end of the day, but you might bear some of that blame. And you need to ask God to forgive you. You need to ask your youngest to forgive you. You want to talk about a humble experience? When you got to set your kid down and say, Daddy was wrong. Mama was wrong. By the way, if you ain't never apologized to your kids, you ain't never flew off the handle, let your anger get ahead. I'm talking to younger parents. You ain't never let, you, your anger ain't never got up and you just jerk them up and you didn't properly take care of that and you ain't had to set them down later and say, Daddy was wrong. Then you need to work on yourself as a parent. And I'm not a super parent here today, all right? I know how to I know how to be a, I know how not to be a good parent because I've been that. But the main thing, come on, brother Matthew, I'm done. You don't have as far to walk today. The main thing is if, when your child goes astray that we can take from this text is don't change. If you was right, if it's ever been right, it's still right. If it was right, if the King James Bible was right when they was babies, Brother David, the King James Bible was right when they're adults and they're going to a church where they don't believe the King James. If, if, if dressing right was right when they was little, it's right when all the new fads and fashions come out. If wrong music was wrong when they were little, it's wrong even when they get to where they want to listen to it. You stay consistent. And they may not always agree with you, but they'll have to respect consistency. Even the world respects consistency. Let's stand together. I appreciate your attention.